guys welcome to another episode of i don't know with samantha george for anyone that's new here hi i'm glad you made it to the weird side of podcasting congratulations so i took a week's break and now that i'm back as promised i'm going to be talking about spooky slash true crime ish stories i guess because you know it's halloween and stuff so yeah i hope you enjoy this episode and happy listening today's episode we're going to be talking about true crime and this particular true crime is pretty gory and honestly gruesome and otherwise it's known as the Villisca Axe Murder House this house is known for the gruesome legend that surrounds it and well the crime that occurred on its property you're probably thinking why Samantha to tell us about the crime that occurred there well i'm glad you asked about 8 people of the Moore family were murdered in their beds. In the early morning hours of June 11th, 1912, 8 people were murdered to death with an axe inside the home of the Moore family, including all the six family members and two friends. Six of the victims were children. The night of June 10th hours before the killing the family had gone to church and arrived back home at around 9:45:10 and carried on with their daily nighttime routine little did they know that while they went to church with their doors unlocked like the most of the people in Villisca town the killer snuck into their house and while the family was asleep the killer patiently waited in the attic plotting their deaths the parents Josiah and Sarah Moore were the first victims the killer only used the blade of the weapon to kill the father Josiah who was killed in the most brutal way possible the rest of the victims were murdered with the blunt side of the axe the axe which might i add belonged to Josiah there were family friends too that were present that night little Ina Mae Stillinger who was 8 and Lena Stillinger aged 12 they were the last to be killed all of the victims except for Lena appeared to have been asleep while the gruesome act had occurred Lena however was the only one who had defensive wounds on her body and was lying across the bed the axe later on had been found in the guest room next to a 4 pound piece of bacon At some point the killer had covered all the mirrors in the house with blankets and clothes and cooked himself or herself a plate of food which was then left untouched in the kitchen. It's honestly kind of ironic how you know the killer could swallow food after all of that killing. And also did the murderer like take a shower something before cuz I mean it's kind of hard to imagine honestly someone whining and dining after killing like eight people. and being all bloodied up and stuff and still eating by the way but yeah it went along those lines the killer basically ate some food and left a bowl of bloody water at the house and yeah i don't know i don't know the significance of it and i guess no one else knows the significance of the bowl of bloody water the gruesome killings was discovered next morning when mary peckham 
the Moore's neighbors noticed that the family hadn't started their morning chores at around 7 a.m. I mean, honestly, that's quite early in the morning to check up on a neighbor. But yeah, sure, go ahead, Miss Beckham. You do you, girl. So yeah, she noticed that the family hadn't started their chores. So she called up Russ Moore, who was Josiah's brother, and he had a copy of the house key and let himself in. And well, you know what he discovered. He called the police and reported the crime and well after further investigation the police got plenty of suspects but the murder was however never solved Interestingly though one of the suspect was Reverend George Kelly who was actually tried for the murders Kelly now was a traveling minister who was in town the night the crime took place he was at the same church the Moors went to the night before they were murdered and the next morning between 5 and 5:30 he just somehow vanished and he never had any proper excuse as to why he vanished he had actually been in and out of trouble with the law and even had a stint in the mental hospital before so obviously all fingers were pointed in his direction he was arrested for the murder in 1917 he confessed but then however took back his statement and was eventually tried and acquitted Most people though didn't believe that he committed the murder. They said that he did not have the mental or physical capability of committing the murders and basically I kind of believe it too cuz honestly it's probably his main brain messing with him and saying like hey listen dude you committed the murders and he just believe that. So yeah, I don't think he committed too and yeah the case pretty much remained unsolved and it is still unsolved. Now let's move on to the paranormal aspect of it or the ghostly encounters. I mean naturally one can assume a house with such a dark history can quickly attract rumors of haunting. But one starts to question how much of these rumors were actually true. So let's just state the facts. For years and years families never stayed in the house. They stayed for short durations of time but never for a long period. the people that stayed there claimed to have seen it all right from disembodied footsteps things moving voices apparitions shadows and just plain bad vibes you name it the house had it additionally in 2014 a man was staying there on an overnight ghost hunt and he stabbed himself yes a self inflicted wound at around the same time the family's deaths had occurred Now no one knows why he did what he did and well people just go on to assume that he did it on purpose you know just for publicity and stuff while others say the ghost made him do it Additionally a guide who manages tours in the place had reportedly stated that she personally experienced paranormal in the house uh, she said that once she was giving a tour in the upper level of the house and she heard footsteps from downstairs and there was no one present there additionally to that she hears um children's laughter and you know can hear people playing and dancing and stuff like that so yeah there have been quite a few paranormal experiences there but you know it's been along the same lines of cold spots in different uh, places in the house apparitions children laughter and stuff like that So yeah, if you want to like go explore this place, you can do that. 
there is a daylight tour that basically happens during the daytime and there's even an overnight stay for just rupees 400 not rupees 400 sorry it's just for $400 which is quite expensive now that i think about it but yeah if you can afford it and if you want to do something like this go ahead and do it personally i would not do this cuz you know i'm pretty much scared i would probably go for a daylight stay probably but yeah i don't know about that yet So yeah, um I'm not really sure about it being haunted also because you know, I'm kind of Loki a skeptic not that much but I am Loki. So yeah, I definitely do think that there's like a dark energy present over there because of all the dark history that and crimes that happen in the house. So yeah, that's honestly what I think. And personally, it kind of sucks that the killer, you know, got away with the crime after killing eight people, but it is what it is, I guess. And yeah that brings us to the end of today's episode. I hope you like this true crime episode and yeah catch me next Thursday for another spooky adventure and see you when I see you. Bye.